It'd be wonderful if you come in and be advanced. Ready. Amen. Page number 20 in your hymn book that we'll stand and sing, He's my King. I thank the Lord today. I didn't come home to a bombed out house. Right. I didn't have to flee Bullock County or Georgia. He has blessed us so wonderful. So wonderful. We remember our brothers and sisters in Ukraine. He's my king, page 20.
Page 333. Page 333. Brother Harold Moran was alive and living and here tonight. He'd probably already be running around. We were in revival years ago with him, Brother Leon Beasley, and they were two strange, different kind of fellows. And uh, you could call out a hymn book number, and if he knew what song that was, he'd be running in advance. <laughs> I'm telling you, you would you either got in or got run over, and he was in church with them too. It was quite an experience, but uh, he was a special fellow. Amen. There was no doubt. He was excited about serving God, right. yes. worshiping God. No doubt. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'll fly away. <laughs> And uh, I didn't recognize the man's voice. I should have. I didn't. 
but this man I used to work with I'm still talk. Well, there was a man that was only four months older than me that we both worked with years ago. And we knew him close. He passed away last Friday. He's gone. It's just, you know, sad. We're all going that way. That's right. That's right. Are you prepared to leave? To fly out of here? Amen. First one. Hospital first without COPD, but they're going to do the heart checking 
I do remember my mom and dad. And, uh, right? I have not Right? <clears throat> yes. Yes. I'm so glad the Lord is uh, the greatest decision maker. Yes. <laughs> and He can help us. Amen? And everything, even everything. Uh, right. Did y'all mention Ukraine already? Let's let's please remember Ukraine. Uh, sent some text out on our on our church group text uh, talking about it. I received another text after that one that basically said that they were in the church at that moment and were really asking for prayer because the soldiers were now coming up through the, the forest. And so please remember them. There's a lot of uh, church folks that were somewhat associated with over there and pray for them. They're, they're really, yes. really going through it. They need deliverance. Ask the Lord to help our leaders too, because you know, there's hot spots just waiting. Yep. And they could explode any minute. Uh, politically and every other way. So uh, ask the Lord to have mercy on us. We need to do like Brother T said, we need to cry out. Yes. What brother, uh, what was his name? Priest over in South Carolina, something about a cry. That'll get you word. Nothing else will. Let's remember these needs and ask the Lord to help us in prayer tonight. Find our place to pray. Amen. Amen.
you feel. Do you share your testimony with others? Praise the Lord. You know, not everyone shares their testimony. But that's one of our primary things that we're supposed to do as Christians is share our testimony with others. And uh, I know I found that once I got saved, I wanted other folks to know. And somehow or another, I I think it's just kind of normal, I thought everybody would want to know what happened to me. And then I realized not everybody quite wanted to know what happened to me. Amen. But I appreciate the Lord. It stuck. Uh, I don't remember who it was. Uh, I think Brother Teague was saying that when he first got saved, they said, oh, just give him time. It'll work. That's what they said about me, too. And so since 1981, I've been holding on. Praise God. Huh? Holding on. Now, I, I, I wish I could tell you I was always on the mountaintops. I haven't always been on the mountaintops, but I haven't been in or out. Huh? Just been steady. Amen. Holding on for the Lord. And I appreciate the Lord. He is good. Oh, He is our, our great Savior. Amen. And He's the one that is trying to help us. Message last night was heart stirring. Huh? The people who Jesus cannot help. You know who those people are? The ones that say, I don't need your help, God. Huh? He'll help anyone. They'll say, Jesus, help us. He'll come. But uh, too many times we think we got it on our own, but you don't. You need the Lord. Amen. Well, I'm going to come to you this evening for uh, our um, offering. This is for Brother Teague. And, uh, and I guess Sister Teague benefits from it too. But uh, we do appreciate them. Also, do want to make mention about their mission work. And I've been forgetting about it, but uh, they've got a table set up right back here. And they sell different things to help support their uh, ministry. So if you are uh, like to take a look and like to be able to help support the ministry and get something back from it, uh, they've got it back there. Now, this was a custom job she done for me now. Nice. I've kept it for a year. That's awesome. All right. But anyway, so uh, um, Brother Robert, have it come receive our offering here tonight. Dear Father and Lord, we thank you once again for the sight of your hearts. coming folks are you ready huh we need to be ready don't know how this is all going to play out over in Europe but you know if you're one to get a little nervous well then you might want to start getting a little nervous because it can be kind of scary 
if you take a look at some of those things that are over there. But uh, I want to tell you something. Jesus got it all under control. There's no war. There's no illness. There's no sickness. There's nothing that comes about that He doesn't already know. He knows about the troubles in your family coming before you do. Huh? And you know what He's looking? How will you choose to go through that trouble? Will you go through it with Jesus? Or will you try to make it on your own? Where we make our biggest mistake at is when we say, me, I, mine, huh? Instead, we need to say, Lord, what's your way? I want to go your way. And so, we really need to be keeping that in our hearts and our minds this evening. Teresa, come and give us, have us a song. And then we're going to ask Brother Teague to come. Bring forth the message here tonight. Amen. Brother Todd, you got some guests here tonight. Uh, y'all have to forgive me. Uh, my memory, and especially when you get up here, it seems like my memory sits down. But the chaplain of the jail that, that Brother Todd ministers in is here tonight. And... Another one of our good friends and you want me to do it? What's your last name? Riggs. That's what I'm looking for. I was about, I was coming close. But uh do appreciate uh them tonight being here. So uh um, Todd, if you don't mind, I'm gonna let them testify first. How about testify? Chaplain. Stand and testify. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. No. I came down here a couple of times with Sister Yep. And Sister also Sister Brad. Yeah. Yes, I came down here because I'm no stranger here. That's right. And I thank the Lord that he saved me. Yes. And he glorified me. Yes. He said he knew me before I was conceived into my mother's womb. Right. So he knew me before I got here. That's right. I'm glad he knows all about Epilane. Yes. Yes. I go to the Crossroad Community Church that Pastor Swanson, Elder Swanson, and Terry Swanson are my pastors. I went there when I first came here in 1980. I started going out there, and I started, I think, in 1995. Mr. Cassidy was there then. And I'm so glad that the Lord saved me. So I didn't start my uh, 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 working out there at that prison. Right. When I was in New York, I went to uh, Rikers Island. Okay. So that's the big prison. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I thank the Lord. He chose me. Yes. I just yeah. ask you all to continue praying for the yes. prison ministry. Yes. God is doing some great things there in the realm of God. That's right. Hallelujah. Lord, give us a warning. The warning is going to be let us do sometime soon. All the ministers that want to come down and want to march around in there and talk to each other. That's the Lord. That is. That's the Lord. We're going to walk around and we're going to go to each store and talk to each other and pray with them and whatever. And then I said, I thought about, I 
I thought about, you know, they got just like a pulpit right there in the middle. Yeah. And I said, the minister, come, they stand there, we can just round around the whole thing. Yeah. I'm looking forward to something. Oh, yeah. That's right. So God ever bless you all, and I just wanted to let you know I love you. I have no problem with that. The love of God has been my heart. Yes. I don't see nobody that I should love differently. That's you right. Love, you say, yes. How can you say you love God? Yes. That's exactly right. When I went to my church, I told the Lord to me over there. He told me, don't you go over there and worry about your black folks. They ain't That's right. That's exactly right. Amen. I've been loving him. I love you. love the Lord. You don't have those. You don't have to look at the colors. You don't have that. Jesus is love. That's right. God ever blessed you. That I said something to encourage you. All right. <laughs> well, I'm Testing. Jackie Riggs, and yeah. it's nice to be here, and that's not my first time. No. And, um, but I came here, I guess, five years ago or so uh, to videotape y'all's Christmas play, and it changed my life. Oh, to uh, Brother Todd's testimony, I can believe God for any Nobody's too far gone. Nobody's done too much wrong. Yeah, Nobody's yeah. been in the right. Yeah. It's awesome. Thank you for all y'all did. It is just eternal, and God will just reap incredible rewards from y'all's Thank the Lord. And uh, through the years, she's helped us, and her husband helped us too. And uh, he's passed. And uh, but I appreciate the Lord for what He is doing for us. All right, let's get in and see what God's got for us.
Steps. I appreciate uh, the Lord, and I appreciate the song, and I appreciate that salvation that changes us from a sinner to a saint. And there is a change. I know there are a lot of people that says, "Oh, I'm a Christian saved by," or uh, "I'm a Christian, but I'm still a sinner saved by grace." That's not quite the way the Scripture says it. We are saved from our sins, out of our sins. And then 1 John says, and if we sin, sin is to be the exception in our hearts and lives, not the rule. Amen. I appreciate the Lord. I believe, I haven't achieved it yet, but I believe you can live a sinless life. Amen. I've got, you ever gone a day without sinning? I have. Huh? Come on. You ever gone two days without sinning? I have. Come on. Are you meaning to tell me? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get in this spot. Over in 1 John again, it says, and if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. Go down to another chapter. It says, that if we continue in sin, we don't even know Jesus. That's meaning repetitive, continual sinning. I don't want to be like that. Amen. I appreciate the Lord. He gave me a second chance. He gave me a third chance. I've been serving him so long now, my clicker won't go off anymore, you know. But I appreciate the Lord. He will keep us if we're willing to say, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me, change me. Amen. All right. Y'all didn't come to hear me. And so we're going to get Brother T to come and, uh, and uh, preach to us. He's been preaching to us. We just want him to continue to obey the Lord. So come on, Brother T. Wonderful to be in the Lord's house, isn't it? So thankful for the people of God. Thank you for the opportunity to come. I really appreciate uh, Brother and Sister Butler and all they're doing for the kingdom of God. It's great to have all the visitors with us tonight. It's good to have the chaplain and her friend with us. We're glad that they're here. I'm thankful for being a child of God. I'm glad I'm a part of this family. Praise God. I wouldn't take nothing from a journey now. Is that how you feel about this? I wouldn't take nothing from my journey now. Please, God, I appreciate the Lord. I, I wanted to share this with you before I read my text. And this has uh, absolutely nothing or maybe very little to do with what I came to talk to us about here tonight. But I just felt pricked in my heart uh, this evening to, to share this with someone. I, I have been involved in missionary work uh, for since 1995. We took our first uh, journey outside of the country to the island of Jamaica when we were still with the Church of God in 1995. And then uh, uh, we probably went back and forth to Jamaica 20 some odd times preaching outdoor crusades and tent meetings. And, and in 1999, I took my first trip to West Africa to the country of Cameroon. And then we went on to establish 
African Holiness Missions there and uh, work in Cameroon and Ghana. So I've always been interested in the old uh, missionary evangelists, the old missionary preachers. And uh, I've got, let me read to you some of this. I'm interested in their dedication, their wholeheartedness, their willingness to sell out, their willingness to give up and walk away from anything to do the will of God. Boy, I want to live in that place. I want to live in that place. He gave me his very best. And I want to give him my very best. I read about a man named William Carey. He was born August the 17th, 1761. And he died in India on June the 9th, 1834. And William Carey was the founder of the English Baptist Missionary Society. And uh, during William Carey's last illness, he had uh, in his uh, last days, his last uh, months, he had went round and round with several different illnesses. There was a man that traveled along with him or was with him at the time uh, called Mr. Duff. And William Carey uh, told Mr. Duff, he said, you've been saying much about Dr. Carey and his work. After I'm gone, speak not of Dr. Carey, but rather of my wonderful Savior. Yes. Praise God. Amen. This is it, it, this all has to be about him, folks. Right. This ain't about you. It's not about me. It's got to all be about him. Amen. Amen. I read about James Calvert and John Hunt. They were missionaries to the Fiji Islands, and uh, when they were working in the Fiji Islands, uh, it was during the mid 1800s, around 1838, there in that area. The chiefs of the native tribes on those Fiji Islands considered the missionaries a threat to their authority. Uh, Here's what James Calvert said. He said, where Christ commands and directs, I cheerfully go. I only desire what He approves and to go where He requires for the remainder of my life. Praise Praise God. Doesn't matter where He sends me. Doesn't matter what door He opens I want to be spiritual enough to see the door and I want to be willing enough to have the obedience to walk through that door. October the 9th, 1747, there was a young man named David Brainerd that passed away. He was only 29 years old. At that time, he was a missionary. He was a missionary here in North America. He was a missionary primarily to the New Jersey Indians or of the Delaware Indians there in New Jersey, the Native American people. David Brainerd, even at that young age, said these words. He said, when a soul loves God with a supreme love, God's interest and His become one. No matter when, where, or how Christ should send me, nor what trials He should exercise me with, if I may be prepared for His work and will. Hallelujah. Praise God. William Carey, that founder of that English Baptist Missionary Society, he was uh, encouraged and he was motivated by David Brainerd's commitment. That's not the only thing Brainerd said. Brainerd said a lot of good things, but here's something else. He said, he said, it's so sweet to be nothing and less than nothing that Christ may be all in all. Hallelujah. Amen. Is that the way you feel about this child of God? 
You know, this is about more than just coming to church and singing a few songs and thumping on a tambourine, clapping our hands and saying amen, preacher. This is about a dedication that the world cannot have. This is about a consecration of our life to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. It's about praying through to get a willingness to do what He says, when He says it, and go where He wants us to go, when He wants us to go. And I'll tell you something about living that kind of life. There's others that have testified here tonight. It's a beautiful life. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul called himself a debtor to Christ. He referred to himself as a, a bond servant. You know what that is? That's a love slave. That's what he was saying. Amen. I'm his bond servant. He loved me so much. He set me free. I've got to love him in return and be willing to do anything he wants me to do. Hallelujah. Amen. John G. Patton was told if he went to the South Pacific Islands, he would be eaten by cannibals. At the time that John G. Patton began to work down there, the cannibals were there. Uh, different tribes of people that practiced cannibalism. Uh, we'd probably call them headhunters. And John G. Patton, someone told him, said, uh, if you go down to those South Pacific Islands, you're going to be eat by those cannibals. Listen to John G. Patton's reply. He said, you are advanced in years and will soon be laid in the grave to be eaten by worms. He said, uh, he said, I confess to you that if I live and die serving and honoring God, it makes no difference whether my body is eaten by cannibals or eaten by worms. Come on now. That's the place you got to get to, folks. That's the place, I, that's where we got to live, right there. It makes no difference. You know why it makes no difference? He's in control. He's in control. I feel a mean streak right here, and I'm not going to be mean with you because you're assembled together in the house of God tonight that it bothers me. There's something concerning me about this COVID business. All these churches closing down their services and the world's looking at the Pentecostal people saying, where's all that power y'all preached about all these years? Where's all them signs? Where's all that healing? Where's all that faith? Come on now. I know we must use wisdom, but we cannot use that for a crutch. We cannot use that little saying for a crutch. Wisdom is trusting Him. Wisdom is serving Him. Wisdom has given Him our very best. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so it makes no difference. I, I, I have a family member uh, that uh, really been pushing me to get the vaccine. I do not have it. You might not shake my hand after service tonight. I don't know. I, I, I have, I, we had the first round of COVID when it first came out. And uh, this is just me now. I kind of feel like God made our bodies Amen. To build up antibodies to these sicknesses and diseases. And I'm just going to trust God's way. And I have a member of my family that's really been pushing on me to get that vaccine. The last time I was face to face with this particular person, here's what they told me. They said, it's going to get you. <laughs> it's going to get you. I said, I've had it. I know you've had it. But when that right strain comes around, it's going to get you. You're going to die. Huh? I, I found, you know, I, I, I got in the flesh. I'll just be honest with you. I probably got in the flesh a little bit. And I, so I said, well, if it gets me, you can stand up at my funeral and you can tell him. I tried to tell him, take the vaccine. 
They backed up. No, I'd never do that. I'd never do that. Uh, I, I told this person, I said, you've got to understand, I'm a child of God. COVID's not controlling my life. God is. God already has a date on his calendar when I'm going to leave here. He's got it all planned out. That don't mean I'm going to play in the traffic and run through the road. Come on, say amen. That doesn't mean I'm going to handle rattlesnakes. Are you going to help me right here? But I am going to keep trusting God. Going to keep living for Him. Going to keep serving Him. Praise God. That's what John G. Patton was talking about. And if we spend our days trusting and serving Him, we can leave this world like one of my favorite missionaries of all time. David Livingston, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't uh, quite the same kind of a missionary that I am prob- or tried to be probably or other missionaries in this modern time. He was a map maker, very, very smart, very dedicated. A lot of people think about Africa when David Livingston's name comes up. He married Robert Moffat's daughter. Moffat was already in Africa when David Livingston got there. But David Livingston made such an impact and uh, here, here's, listen, he was found dead on his knees by his bedside. That's how they found him. They found him down on his knees as if he had died in prayer. And in his journal, listen what was recorded in his journal. Some of the last pages in his journal had these words handwritten by David Livingston. My Jesus, my King, my life, my all, I again dedicate myself to Thee. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. That's the way I want to live my life. In dedication and surrender to the will of God. You know the scary thing is? There might be some people right here tonight that knows about that dedication. You know about that freedom that Christ brings. But you're not enjoying it. You're not experiencing it. You've turned and walked away. And you've went uh, uh, your own direction. And uh, I'd like to preach to us if the Lord would help me here. I've tried to, I've tried to, uh, you know, be mindful of the Spirit of God, and uh, I just want to do my best to obey the Lord here. Luke chapter twenty-two is where we'll begin. Luke's Gospel, chapter twenty-two, is where we'll begin. And I, I'm not planning on keeping you very long, just a few minutes. But I, I felt pricked in my heart this evening that I, I, I must make a plea for someone's soul. I must make a plea for someone's soul. Amen. Praise God. Luke chapter 22. We'll begin reading with verse 1. The Bible said, Now the feast of unleavened bread drew nigh, which is called the Passover. And the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him for they feared the people. Now, the religious leaders of this generation was trying to figure out how they could kill Jesus. They couldn't just come right out and kill Him at this time. They didn't feel like they could because the people would rise up against them. So they're plotting and they're planning, trying to figure out how they could kill Jesus. Listen to verse 3. Then entered Satan into Judas, surnamed Iscariot, being of the number of the twelve. And he went his way and communed with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him unto them. And they were glad and coveted 
to give him money. And he promised and saw opportunity to betray him unto them in the absence of the multitude. Turn with me to the book of John, chapter 13. John's Gospel, chapter 13. The book of John, chapter 13. Verse 1, the Bible said, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that His hour was come, that He should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved His own which were in the world, He loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil, having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray Him. Oh God. Oh God, would you lift your hands and pray and ask the Holy Ghost to walk among us and help us here tonight. Father, we do love you and honor you for your mercy. We thank you for your great grace and love. Help us here tonight, God, to please you. Help us, God, to bring you glory. Help us, Lord, to bring you honor. Oh, Master, do that work that only you can do. God, walk among us in the Holy Ghost. To convict hearts and lives, set someone free from the power of sin. We'll give you praise and honor for it. Oh God, in Jesus' name, church said amen. amen. Shake your neighbor's hand, turn around, smile at them real big. Welcome them to a wholeness meeting. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Now I've got just a few handwritten, just scratch notes. And uh, I, 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 I'm not going to apologize, uh, but uh, I, I just felt like I couldn't shake loose from this. I'm not certain that I'm ready to even talk to you about this, but I'm going to do my best to try to obey the Lord. Judas has been on my mind today. Judas, uh, when we look back from this place where we are, we look back at Judas Iscariot and we see that terrible betrayal and we see that awful uh, compromise that he made in his life. And we see how that he turned his back on the teachings of the one who loved him more than anybody else ever could or ever would love him. And, and we kind of uh, understand, you know, what was taking place, what was happening. We understand that Jesus must go to the cross. He had to go to the cross. That was the fulfillment of God's divine plan of salvation. There was no other way that mankind could be offered mercy from God. There was no other way to make a, a, a way for humankind to get to heaven where God is. Jesus must suffer and die on the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. But I thought about Judas and the opportunities that he had. How that Christ handpicked him. How that he was made a part of that inner circle. How that he heard the private teachings of Jesus that the multitudes never were privy to. How that Judas uh, understood who Jesus was. He really knew that he was the Son of God. There was no doubt about that. Hey, but we could see even early on in Judas' walk with Christ. Uh, some shadows or shades of, of things taking place inside of him that he should have guarded himself against. 
I feel like it was probably Judas, amen, who looked at the woman weeping, washing Jesus' feet with her tears and wiping them with the hairs of her head when she broke that alabaster box of ointment and anointed him. It was him that said, why was not this sold and the money given to the poor? That was Judas. He was the one that held the money back. Very simply put, he was the treasurer of this group of individuals that followed Jesus. He was their banker. Hallelujah. Amen. And so I begin to see things. How did Judas begin to shift? How he began to change? But I couldn't get over. Amen. The love of Jesus Christ that must have permeated the atmosphere. Amen. Just being in his presence. Just feeling his nearness. Judas must have had to fight very hard against that love, against that pull of the Savior in order to make up his mind to go in the wrong direction. And in all reality, what began to happen in Judas, he began his descent. He began falling, if you will. If I can say it that way, Judas began to fall from the grace that the Lord had bestowed upon his life. It's never a pretty picture when you see someone who has loved God, someone who has lived for Christ, and then decide to go the way of the world and put their trust in the things of the world, and they turn their back on Christ, and they begin to walk away from them. It's an ugly picture, and I'm not going to keep you very long, but I really wanted to concentrate here tonight on the process that takes place when that person begins to fall. I'll tell you some folks, if you have ever been saved, if you've ever been a Christian and you're not saved tonight, how many believe you can backslide away from the Lord? Yes, you can. If you have ever been a child of God, a Christian, and you're a backslider tonight, you're not living for Christ. Amen. You're living a hard life and you chose to travel down a very hard road. You know why? Once the, you know, the Bible said, oh, taste and see that the Lord, He is good. And once you taste it, amen, it's sweeter than honey and than honeycomb. And once you tasted Him, once you've experienced His love, His peace, His joy, His mercy, there's nothing this world can ever offer you that will satisfy the emptiness inside of you. Once you forfeit that, amen, and turn and walk away from the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Over and over and over, the Bible warns us in Scripture after Scripture. Amen. The Bible warns us, amen, to beware of falling. Amen. Paul wrote to the church in Galatia, and he's talking to some who are putting their trust in the law and circumcision instead of the grace of Jesus Christ. And he talked to them and he warned them lest they should fall from grace. Amen. I don't want to fall from grace. Amen. Jesus even talked about the blind leading the blind. And both of that group have been falling into the ditch. I don't want to be a part of that. Amen. I want to rise. I want to go up. I don't want to go down. I don't want to go back. 
Here's what I want to talk to you about. If the Lord would help me. I want to talk to you about terminal velocity. Terminal velocity. When I ran across this term, God began to deal with me about it. And I, st- I still feel like I probably don't have it all together. Uh, felt like the Holy Ghost quickened my heart when I seen this term, terminal velocity. And I began to study, began to look. I, I'm not a very educated fellow uh, in the things of the world, but I found out uh, terminal velocity is a physics term. Terminal, terminal velocity actually means the constant speed that a freely falling object eventually reaches when the resistance of the medium through which it's falling prevents further acceleration. That sounds kind of fancy, don't it? Every, everyday talk, this is what it means. When something is falling just as fast as it can fall, it's not going to speed up. It's falling just as fast as it can fall because there's a resistance. Come on now. Amen. It doesn't matter if you was to jump off the Empire State Building or jump out of an airplane at 10,000 feet. You're going to reach a certain speed of falling and that's as fast as you're going to fall because of the atmosphere. There's a resistance that keeps you from falling any faster. Hey, can I preach to somebody here tonight? Amen. I feel like I preach to somebody. Amen. Who was living terminal Amen. Somebody who's experiencing terminal velocity. You've fallen from grace. Amen. You chose your way over Christ's way. And you stumbled and fell. Amen. And you're falling just about as fast as you can possibly fall. But I've got good news. There is a resistance. I said there's a resistance. He's still pulling on you. He's still dealing with your heart. He's still talking to you. He still wants you to turn back to Him. Oh, lift your hands and praise the Lord here with you. I'm not going to preach long. Oh, God. Amen. Peter warned us in 2 Peter 3 and 17 about falling from our steadfastness. Amen. But Jude told us in Jude 24 that God is able to keep us from falling, praise God. I'm happy about that. I'm glad to report that to you. A fall is a move downward. Amen. Typically, it happens very rapidly and freely without control from a higher level to a lower level. Boy, that sounds good, didn't it? Oh, God, that's what it means to fall. You were on a higher plane. When you fall, you leave the high place and you, you go down to the low place. Amen. That's what it means to fall. Amen. Oh, God, help me right here, Holy Ghost. I got to thinking about Judas and the times he spent with Christ. Amen. The intimacy. Amen. The connection that those twelve had with Jesus. But something got a hold of him. Amen. He began to give place to his flesh. He began to give place to the devil. And it wasn't long until the Bible said Satan entered into him. Praise God. And he went out and betrayed the first son of God. Yeah, I believe God has sent you a revival in 2022. Amen. 
out here and love on him, will you? Come on, somebody lift your hands and praise the Lord. The first man and woman turned their back on God and it cost all of humanity. All of us were sinners because of Adam and Eve's choice in the Garden of Eden. They fell from the high place that God had established them in. They traded that beautiful garden, peace and tranquility. Amen. They, they, they traded all of that for the sweat of their brow, toil and labor, thorns and thistles, great travail and childbearing. Come on now. Heartache and pain. That's what sin. That's what rebellion against the law of God brought upon all mankind. And from that time until now, amen, there's only been one way to escape it. The blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. But listen, I felt like I'd be talking to somebody here tonight. Amen. That has already tasted that. Already experienced the mercies of God and the love of the Lord. You do not have to leave this building. You mark it down. You don't have to leave this building lost and undone without God. You don't have to leave falling. There's a record. There's a parachute that you pull. Come on now. You know what our salvation is? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world might be saved. Amen. Pull a parachute. But your hope in Christ. Surrender yourself to Him. Repent of your sin. And let Him be the Lord of your life again. Let Him be the Lord of your life again. I saw this about Judas. When it came time for the betrayal, Jesus said that last Passover, that great supper. And he broke bread and he blessed it. And uh, after Judas left the room, he went out into the night, went out into the darkness. That's the way it always is when you leave Christ. Darkness, night. Uh, the Bible said men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Uh, uh, but it also said, and the light shineth into the darkness. And the darkness comprehended it not. That word comprehended does not mean understand. It means the, the darkness could not overtake the light. Amen. The light shined and it doesn't matter how dark it is. You strike one match and the darkness has to flee. Come on. It has to push back. That's the way God made it. Come on now. But Judas left Christ and he went out into the darkness and Satan entered into him. Amen. And he sold the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. Amen. While this was going on. Amen. Jesus girded himself with a towel. And he washed the disciples' feet. And when all that was ended, amen, he rose up and he took them to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. And if you read through the Gospels, there's an interesting verse of Scripture that 
long. Oh God. A terminal velocity. Falling, falling, falling just as fast as you fall. Judas is not the only one that we see in the Bible that it happens to. There's a number of individuals. Adam and Eve. Hey, how about Cain? The first murderer in the Bible. Vexed with God. God told him, if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted. And if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door. He painted sin like a rattlesnake crawled up on the doorstep. Amen, Cain, if you do right, if you love me and serve me, if you do right, if you live righteous, if you strive for righteousness, Amen. Then you'll be accepted with me. But if you do not, sin is waiting to take a hold of you. Amen. That's exactly what happened. Cain lifted up his hand against his brother Abel in the field and murdered him there. Amen. Abel's blood began to cry out to God. You know what it was crying? Amen. It wasn't crying. Amen. Redemption and forgiveness. It was crying revenge. It was crying justice. in it. I got to thinking about not only Judas and Cain and Adam and Eve, but I thought about King Saul, that man that had it all. He was a hand-picked, anointed of God to be the first king of Israel. Up until this time, Israel had prophets, judges, men and women of God that God would flow through and speak through and move through. Uh, but Israel got to clamoring for a king. They wanted to be like other nations. Uh, oh, listen. That was no fault of Saul. Saul was a young man. When God found him, you know where he found him? He found him hiding in the stuff. It's what the Bible said. God found Saul and God anointed Saul. Amen. The Bible said right after God found him, not too long after God found him, he went looking for donkeys. And God found him. Come on now. And not long after that happened, amen, he was prophesying with the prophets. The anointing of God was upon his life. Amen. The, the, the words of God was flowing from him. And he did great exploits. 
for the kingdom of God did wonderful things. But it got lifted up in his pride and it took upon itself things that he should not have taken upon. He began to offer sacrifices and make decisions. Amen. Things that God said not to do. Saul figured he was big enough to do it. Amen. Just before he dies, he's raving like a madman. So jealous of a former shepherd boy that he's doing everything in his power to try to put him to death. I'll tell you, the old time preacher was right. He said, sin, it'll take you farther than you want to go. It'll keep you longer than you want to stay. It'll cost you more than you're able to pay. Come on now. Amen. You cannot give way to sin. You must fight against it. And the only way to win is through the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. The blood of the Lamb. I know I'm, I'm scattered here tonight. And I feel like I am. But I wanted to talk to somebody. I wanted to talk to somebody. I had to. I've told this. I know I've told this and told it, told it. I just feel it on me here. I had an uncle that uh, used to preach the gospel. I never knew he was a preacher of the gospel. The time I got old enough to remember, he was just Uncle Donald. And uh, his youngest son, his name was Scott, he was my first cousin. And uh, Scotty was just a couple years older than me. So he and I were running buddies. Now, Uncle Donald was a backslid preacher of the gospel. And uh, I didn't know it till years later. I, I, was, I was grown, I was grown, married, had my own family. I was already saved for our family. Now, Uncle Donald, he starts selling marijuana. Big, large, large amounts. A marijuana, I, I never knew that. I knew Scotty, I always had a little bit. But I didn't know he was getting it from his daddy. And uh, lots of things I didn't know about that family. Uh, I didn't know something about Scotty. When Scotty wasn't in my presence, and uh, he was at parties in different places, they said he would play Russian roulette with a 38 pistol. He'd take all the rounds out, put one round in, spin that chamber and put it to his head and pull the trigger. One night he was at a party doing that and nobody tried to stop him. He'd, they said it clicked and he'd laugh. He was using cocaine, smoking marijuana, drinking whiskey. Big party going on in someone's house. They said there was children playing in the kitchen on the linoleum floor with Tonka trucks. Scotty, my cousin, was sitting at the counter that divided the kitchen from the rest of the house. And them little children right there on the floor, he's putting that pistol to his head. Snapping. I feel like he never did that in front of me because he knew I wouldn't put up with that foolishness. That's, right. huh? That's just what I feel like. He's, he spun that cylinder one time too many and he pulled the hammer back on that gun and he killed himself. And they said that blood splattered all over them little children playing on that linoleum floor with them talking trucks and people panicked instead of trying to help him car loads and truck loads of them 
They, they ran to their cars and trucks and was leaving, trying to get going before the police uh, got there. They didn't want to have anything to do with it. He died. His daddy was a backslid preacher. I feel like preaching to somebody here tonight if the Lord to help me. You think what you do and only affects you. You think you're the only one you're hurting. It's going to cost your whole family. It's going to cost your babies. Come on here. It's going to cost their babies. Come on and help me somebody. It's going to cost your children, your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren. Come on now. Amen. The blood of Jesus is the only liberty. It's the only freedom. It's the only power that can set you free from sin's vicious cycle. Amen. I'm telling you, I went to Scotty's funeral. I was a sinner. I was lost without God. And Scotty preached to me. You hear me? And his mother refused. And my Aunt Judy, she refused to have a closed casket. She said, I won't ever buy one of his friends to see what sin is going to cost. Come on now. That funeral director, that mortician, I reckon. He did the best he could. But it was an awful sight. Amen. Lisa and I filed by that casket. And I stood there weeping. Looking down on my cousin who was only 22 years old. Amen. I was weeping and crying. And Scotty began to preach to me. His lips never moved. Wonder how many times when Uncle Donald backslid away from God. Wonder how many times he's weighing his pot and his scales to sell it to another customer that the Holy Ghost picked his heart. Right. And said, you didn't, You're not supposed to be doing this. Right. You're a preacher of the gospel. Yeah. Well, wonder how many times when he discovered that Scotty was. Slipping in, probably stealing from his stash. Amen. How involved in the drug world that Scotty had become. Yeah. Wonder how many times Uncle Donald must have thought, well, I wish I'd have done it different. I wish I would have made the choices that I made. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm glad the Lord is a Lord of mercy. I'm glad he's a long-suffering God. I, I read about Dion Moody walking the streets of Chicago with a friend. Amen. On a windy evening, they walking down the street. There's a bum, a drunk, laying in the gutter. You know what Moody said? He said, but for the grace of God, there goes I. Come on now. Oh, and to do despite to the spirit of that grace. Amen. To turn your back and walk away from the Lord.
I read about a uh, church in the book of Revelation. I got all these notes scratched down here. He told one church, Remember therefore from whence thou art fallen and repent and do the first works. He said, if, you, if you'll just remember, oh God, I wish, I wish the Lord would just let me come get some of you by the shoulders and just shake Yes. Don't you realize the choices you made? The direction you're headed? Don't you realize what it's going to cost you? Don't you realize what it's going to cost the people around you? Falling! Falling! Terminal velocity! As fast as you can fall! Oh God! I read about a God who said that underneath are the everlasting arms. Amen. You may feel like you're spinning out of control, like you're falling faster than you've ever failed before, but if you'll put your hope in Jesus, He can turn it all around. I know the devil's just about got some of you sublime. You can't even see the love of God, the mercy of God. Come on. Uh, the chaplain will tell you that penitentiary is filled with men, amen, and women who made bad choices. They were driven by their flesh, driven by the devil to do things that were unseemly, amen, in our justice system, in our society column. Ask the Lord to help us here, will you? Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. I read in the book of Acts chapter 20 about the Apostle Paul going to the city of Troas. I'm talking about terminal velocity. Falling as fast as you can fall. Paul's at Troas. They're excited. Amen. They've got an upper chamber field. I mean, it's packed. There's... There's so many people, folks, are sitting in the windows. Down the stairs, out doors. Many lights in the upper chamber where they were gathered together. That's what the Bible said. Amen. They weren't ashamed of Jesus. They were there to worship Him. Break bread, fellowship. Hear Paul preach the gospel. I love. I'm glad this is in the Bible. Holy Ghost put this in the Bible. Uh, For some of us, He said, and as Paul was long preaching. Some of y'all think 30 minutes is long preaching. Some of you can't make it past 12 o'clock on Sunday. Paul was long preaching. He had a lot to say about Jesus, didn't he? Amen. While he was long preaching, there was a a certain young man named Eutychus that sat in the window. He fell 
into a deep sleep. The Bible said he sunk down with sleep. Yeah. Praise God. He fell from that upper chamber. It was the third law. Three stories. Eutychus yeah. fell. I don't know how many somersaults he might have turned when he fell out of that window. But when he hit the ground, the Bible said, the Bible said he was taken up dead. He was dead. Paul stopped the service, climbed down the three flights of steps, laid himself like the prophet in the Old Testament on that dead boy. Amen. When he got up, he must have beckoned with his hand to that great crowd. He said, trouble not yourselves for his life is in him. And he went back upstairs and took off preaching. You know what happened? They brought that young man alive. And the Bible said, and were not a little comforted. That means there was great joy at that church at Troas. <coughs> I want you to understand something. Maybe you feel like your, your, your terminal velocity has come to a sudden stop. Maybe you feel like you're dead and you can't get to where Jesus is. I'm telling you, He loves you enough to stop this entire service. He loves you enough to come down and meet with you in this altar tonight. He loves you enough to set you free to write your name in the book of life. I appreciate what the sister said. screaming against his will he's gonna love you he loves you so much I'm amazed at the love and the mercy and the long suffering of God oh let's just lift our hands and thank him for his love can we oh come on thank him for his love thank him for his mercy thank him for his grace thank him for his compassion Oh God, I it, it it worries me, brother Otis. When I preach to people, there's just a a hopelessness on their countenance. There, there's some people. There's faces in this service tonight that look like they have an eagerness. Uh, I, I'm not the judge. I'm not the gatekeeper. I can't save you, and I cannot send you to hell. He's the one that does all that. I'll tell you something. If you go to hell, it'll be against His wishes. Because God is not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. There's still other faces in this service. It looks so hopeless. As if... As if it's too late and all hope is gone. It'll never happen. It'll never get better. You're just in a free fall. Falling, 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 falling. 
I'll tell you what the Lord's done tonight. He sent a country preacher from North Carolina to preach to you. You don't have to leave this world the way Judas did. Judas left here in a fall. The Bible said when Jesus was betrayed, Judas realized, he recognized what was about to happen. The Bible teaches us that he took those 30 pieces of silver. You know that was the price of a common slave? He took those 30 pieces of silver and he threw them down at the feet of those that had given them to him. Amen. Hey man, they went out and bought uh, what they referred to as the field of blood. They bought, they bought a field with the money. But here's what Judas did. The Bible said Judas fell headlong. He went out and hanged himself. And it's not written in the Bible but you don't have to wonder. You don't have to guess what happened next. Just like the rich man and Lazarus in that story in Luke 16, Judas lifted up his eyes in hell. Being in torment. Just like the man in Luke chapter 16. It don't have to end that way for, for you or for me. Amen. We're in a time of mercy. We're in a time of grace. We're in a time of the love of God being shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. We're in a time when God is coveted together, amen, with us to bring us to heaven, praise God, through the blood of His Son. I want to go, don't you? Yeah. I want to go. I wanted to preach to somebody here tonight. To, you ought to consider, you ought to consider what the end of this, what the end of this fall is going to be. Stand with me, would you, all over this place? Before you make the call. Okay. Pastor wants to speak to you. I don't do this very often. But there are some who will say, oh, that's them right over there who's having a problem. When in reality, it's them. Yes. I notice he said the face. Your face is a reflection of your soul, folks. And whenever somebody loses the love of God, it's reflected on your face. When you've got the love of God, I'm going to tell you something. You're going through a rough time, but you can kind of keep a smile on your face and you still be friendly. But when you lose that love of God, you get mean and angry looking. And everyone around can tell something's not right. Huh? When he said he's fishing for a soul, he is. But I believe He's fishing for a soul you may not even realize. That's trying to make decisions and in doing so, jeopardizing all that he said there, but jeopardizing so much more. 
Where are you at here tonight? You know? Can we just say, Lord, I need you. Lord, have mercy! Praise the Lord. I need you. Blind Bartimaeus! Jesus! Jesus! He couldn't see the Lord, but he knew he was coming by. Jesus! Have mercy! But when we get to the place where we can't love our neighbor, and we can't love our enemy, and we can't love our husband, and we can't love our wife, and we can't love our children, you might not be the person you thought he was preaching about tonight, but you could be the one. Bitterness, unforgiveness, hatred, it'll send us to hell. Yes. And it's, I'm going to be honest with you, there'll be more church people to go to hell because of those things than possibly for gambling and adultery and whatever else. Oh, God. Yes. So we need to examine our hearts. I, I, I was just on me. I wanted to say it before he made the, the altar call. Altar call still real. Yes. Don't let us be so. Mm. Which night did you preach about that, the Samaritan? Was that last night or the night before last? The Republican? Son of night. Oh, look at how good I am. But it was that. Sinner man said, Oh God, I'm a sinner. Be merciful. Have mercy on me. Oh God. There you go, brother. All right, they're going to come around to the music here tonight who needs to be in the altar. Somebody who feels the Lord talking to your heart. You'd like to be a Christian, like to give your life to Christ. There's someone here who say, Brother Teague, I'm tired of falling. I'm tired of this free fall that I've been in. I'm tired of, of spinning out of control. I'm ready to give Jesus control of my life. Is that the way you feel? You ought to step out right now. Come to this altar. Just as an open profession, just as an open act of faith, I believe God can save me. I believe He can help me. I believe God's the one that can turn it around. Why don't you step out? Come on to this altar in Jesus' name. Amen. There's folks that ought to be moving. People that ought to be coming. We're going to tear it right here for just a moment. They're going to play and sing. This altar is open. I want you to come. These children have been faithful to come. Nearly every service to this altar and pray and seek the Lord. There's some grown people here who are in danger of hellfire. Some grown people here who are in danger of missing heaven. Oh God. You may never be rich. You may never be known worldwide or even in the county that you live in. Oh, but if you do anything in life, get your heart right with God. Get your heart right with God. Get your sins forgiven. Hey man, do you want to come? Why don't you come right now? Let's pray in this altar. In Jesus' name. Come on, come on. They're still coming. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
feel others here tonight. We're going to tarry here and wait for just a few moments. I feel like you ought to come. Feel like you want to come. Why don't you come right on in Jesus' name? Somebody else. Somebody else. Oh God, if you feel anything, if you feel the Lord dealing with you, any, any little bit at all, don't push him aside. Don't push him away. He loves you. He loves you so much that he gave his life for you. He rose again from the dead on the third day that you could have life. And have that life more abundantly. Thank you for coming. Come on, talk to the Lord about this. Somebody else, you need to come. You ought to come right now. Oh, God. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to be lost. I don't want to miss heaven. I don't want to go to hell. I want to live for you, Jesus. I want to surrender to you. God bless you, girl. I'm glad you come. Come on, somebody else. In the name of Jesus, hallelujah. Somebody else, y'all, come on to this altar. Oh, what a time. What a time we're living in. Such uncertainty. Oh, such turbulence and turmoil. But there's peace in Jesus. There's hope in Jesus. There's mercy in Jesus. Come on and pray and talk to the Lord about your soul. In Jesus' name.